You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Holy, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Came back. I didn't know that was going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, good morning, good morning. There we go. Back. <laughs> like, I don't know how that, I was just talking and that wasn't there. <laughs> I was just talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know what's going on my voice lately. It's been crazy. You guys doing well? Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody healthy and happy? Yep. Yeah. Laughing already, so that's a good start. Yeah? Yeah. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> Chilling. Would you like to know a fun fact for the day? Yes, let's do well, this. I mean, it's not actually fun. Let's I mean, it might, it's, I don't know why I could have a fun fact. He's backtracking. <laughs> it's not it's actually it's terrible news. In case it doesn't go over. So. But uh, we are, today marks exactly 100 days that we've been in quarantine. Today is the oh 100th boy. day. That is not so fun. So in 22.5 or roughly that more days, we'd have done a third of the year in quarantine. Ooh. That's your fun fact of the day. Thank you for the math. <laughs> For doing uh, the math on that. Too. Yeah, I didn't sleep well last night, so I had <laughs> to work the, that out. Did you, I got a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> That's depressing, first off. <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't change anything, but just knowing it, it's like, gosh, it's been that long. How, and so how did you come, like, did you count? Yeah, I just went back to the day that we started. Just went back <laughs> to the day and counted, so you counted the calendar. Yeah, I went on my app, the calendar app, and just counted through the days. <laughs> so imagine you like one, two, you can, three. You can ask Siri, how many days from March, whatever, I didn't know you now. could do that, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he couldn't sleep anyway, so it yeah. occupied his brain. He always does that, yeah. though. Like, he always does stuff like that. So, like, if I'm listening to a song and he likes it, <laughs> he comes in the office with his phone with Shazam. To get it instead of just asking me. <laughs> or like oh, the, things are more complicated. The, the first time, like, I was listening to some worship music or something Sunday. And I guess he went and, like, you went and you were, like, you looked it up and were, like, typing lyrics out and trying to figure out who it was. And he told me something like, a couple of days later. He's like, yeah, I really like this. I was like, oh, you know? He's like, no, I looked it up. And I was like, what? How did you look it up? And he, cause, and he was something you were telling me like that typed in the lyrics that you heard. I'm like, you could have just asked me right there. I had it on the screen as like, <laughs> just complex for no reason. Some people are raised to be very independent. Yeah, good. <laughs> I just don't good. want to disturb you. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I would ask for my everything. And he's like, just Google it. Well, no, because we'll be watching a movie and we're watching a movie that came out yesterday. <laughs> he's like, about to exaggerate, by the way. No, I'm like, Watching the movie come on. Where's he going? I'm like, I, I don't no, know. No, well, to be fair, you director. always do that. I bet, okay, this is what's going to happen. She's going to fall in love. This is going to happen. Because it's only on chick flicks because they're all the same. They just change the characters over and over. My dad calls them sick flicks. <laughs> uh, life, that, what is it, Lifetime? The Lifetime movies, Lifetime, Lifetime movies, Network yeah. or whatever. Yeah, those movies are awful. That I don't, like... All this protesting and tearing down. We need to tear down Lifetime Network. Can we put that on the list? That that is terrible. The the women movies. Yeah. It's always the same. There's three. There's three movie lines, and it's the same thing over and over. But they're women movies, according to you. So why are you even concerned? Because I have two daughters, and I want their heads to be poisoned with this ridiculous, like, idea that the only things that happen in life is a lady falls in love, and then he finds somebody else, and she finds another way to get them. That there's a sick kid who gets better in the end. 
And then that there's a crazy woman who's up for vengeance on all of her ex-boyfriends. So you think just because we have girls that they're going to fall into this trap of no, no, no. I just don't like. I don't like the portrayal of like the only way chick flicks should be so much like this. Like it should be. There's so much like uh, substance. There can be more substance. Yeah, absolutely. There needs to be because women are very intelligent. A society would not be the same without women and their contributions to society. Mm -hmm. And therefore, to keep all that out of lifetime, I feel like (laughs) is an agenda. Of the mainstream media, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but if you person. start there, then you have to start like protesting Old Navy and no, little no, no, children's no. space because their girl shirts are always like little princess no, no, no. or that's unicorn. Not, that's not the issue. That, that's whatever because people like that. They'll sell whatever you like. If people stop buying that stuff, they're gonna stop selling. So then, do they not so make not, movies according to what people? No, no, like? no. But they're not telling you what to like. They are selling you what you what you're looking for. When unicorn unicorns are in style, so they popped up with unicorns. With these movies, are they in style or are they? Becoming in style because it's what you see all over T-shirts. Unicorns. Unicorns. Yeah, I mean just just the things you see on clothes. Uh, wh- Are they in style or do they yeah, tell you no, what's unic- in style? You think Old Navy started the unicorn trend? No. <laughs> exactly. Like Old Navy doesn't start any trend. It's like they just <laughs> fo- they follow and like you know I mean, and so. Well, we don't shop Old Navy. I meant like children's place. And, when, or whatever. and, 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 and you can pick. You can choose not to get whatever when movies are about, like portrayals. And you don't know what you're getting until after you get it. You buy a T-shirt, you know exactly. Quality, not so much. But like with the shirt, you see it. You see the complete image of the T-shirt. Do I want it? Yes or no. A movie, they give you little ideas what it's about. And that's why we're disappointed a lot of times with movies. Because you're like, oh, yeah. And then you go and it's like, oh, man, that was a dud. It was terrible. Like Mona Lisa Smile. Remember that? <laughs> Horrible. Worst I'm date so ever. sorry. We went to the movies. We were dating like, I don't know how many years ago. 15 years ago or so. 16 years ago. And uh, there's a movie came out <laughs> called Mona Lisa Smile. And she the wanted cast to see it. seemed amazing no, it in didn't. my opinion. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it did. Name the cast. Uh, Julia Roberts. <clears throat> Julia Stiles. <clears throat> okay, there are already too many Julias. <laughs> Too many. Kristen um, from the Spider-Man movie. They all play the same characters, though, in movies. So it's like, that movie was destined to be awful. And so she wanted to see it. And so, like, she picked, it was her time to pick the date or whatever. And so we went to see Mona Lisa Smile. Did we walk out? It was it was terrible. We walked out and met another couple walking out at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) And the dude, like, high-fived me, like, like... This is never happening again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, I feel like we need better women's movies. The movie, what do we watch? Oh, no, it wasn't a movie. It was a docu-series. Uh, Madam C.J. Walker. Mm. That Like, there's depth to that, right? Like, and there's more. It's historical. Uh, the book that you got, the, the Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Like, there's de- depth to that. And there's so many different. Amelia Earhart, they can do a movie on her. Like, I, you know, I don't know. There's so many different things that can be done and so much more depth than other than crazy lady, needy lady, or sick lady. Those are pretty much the Lifetime movies. And it's like always like... Crazy lady. Yeah, like she's always burning the house down and getting vengeance and stuff like that. This podcast went off the rails before. It didn't even get on. We might have to just cut it and start over. Didn't even get on. No, ain't cutting it. Forget it. So, anyways, back to Jesus. Um, Speaking of, Jesus doesn't like... These movies, Mona Lisa, Smile, and all that. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so what we want to talk about today is, um, I'm hesitating because I forgot what the thing was, uh, the importance of mission, uh, vision, it was a vision, the importance of having vision and missions. And as, is that what you said? Um, how important is vision and mission? 
how important is having a mission and a vision in missions? <laughs> oh, is that you're like, you attempted like being clever and rhyming? It wasn't an attempt okay. at all. It was a tongue twister. Oh, okay. Well done. So how important, <clears throat> we'll just say, we'll just say, yeah, mission, vision, but we'll kind of clump them together yeah. so we don't have to every time, <clears throat> we don't have to redefine every time what we're talking about. So, um, yeah. So how important? So you've been here for a year and a half. Yes. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been <clears throat> in missions for I don't know, I don't eleven know. years. Yeah. Some, and so okay. So let's start from the beginning. So when you left from and we you've talked about this a little bit before, but we can talk about it again. No, it's fine. Um, so when you left for missions to when you left to come here, mm. w- did you have any type of vision or like were you like this is what I'm gonna I don't know. Expectation, I guess, is part of it too, but... Uh, not really. Um, I had a very short uh, brief as to what I might be walking into, um, what just generalized. So all I knew is um, I'd be going to a local community church um, that had a emphasis on solid and biblical teaching and <laughs> preaching, um, and that I'd be helping with a football outreach. That was literally yeah. all I knew when I was walking in. So you didn't have a vision specifically when you came? No. Or a mission because you didn't know how you were going to play the parts, which mm. is reasonable. So <clears throat> so you feel in your case that it was, I guess, so in the beginning it wasn't important for, for you to have those, right? Or, or I don't know, I'm asking. I mean, that, that was the situation that was, that was handed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the hardest part about it was the fundraising without that vision. It yeah. was really, yeah. really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's jumping ahead no, no, or anything, no, it, but it means. Um, that whole trying to raise money, going around, doing talks, speaking to people, and they'll be like, oh, so what is, you, what is it that you're going to be involved in? What is it that you're doing? Just be like, um, A church that preaches the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, don't yeah. all churches do that? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was, that was the toughest bit. Like, going back now, uh, when I go back to the UK in a year's time and hope to fundraise again to come back, um, that's going to be a lot more simple i mm-hmm. hope uh but on the basis of you know i know what it is that i do mm-hmm. um i know the roles that i have i have the vision yeah. um of the community of the church of me personally yeah. what i want to achieve um where i think god's leading us and leading mm. me as well yeah um so having that makes i think makes like fundraising getting people on board a lot easier um it's very difficult to persuade people to join with you in a mission that you're not really sure of yeah, yeah. what's going to happen yourself and i think too like you didn't know us at all. So you didn't know who you're going to be working with. Is it going to be, are they jerks? Like, are they going to like, um, keep me like, and not allow me to do anything. Mm. And you know, some, everybody has different ways or whatever, but are they going to like, kind of not oppress? <laughs> That's not the word I'm looking for, but are they going to like, you know, kind of keep the seatbelt on Yeah, limit, limit my access to things for the first year, year and a half to mm. even, or the two years, you know what? So it, yeah. So you don't want to over, overshoot it but now yeah like you said now I, I think and having freedom to be able to and even motivation to be able to like hey yeah hey, let's go for it whatever mm-hmm. you know launch it out we so we support you we help you is that i think that probably helps yeah being able to be like, okay well now you start because vision comes naturally at a certain point when you're motivated yeah. and when you're like when you see possibilities and and, and needs and possibilities and stuff like that and then yeah. your talents or passions it comes together and creates your vision 
And so then you're like, even without trying, you develop a vision for what you want to do and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying with that, when you go back, it's going to be easier, at least on your part, to communicate. Yeah. That, like what exactly when people ask, well, what is it that? And you've been here. So you have a picture of it. It's, just, it's tough because anything else in life, I don't think you should start. I, I say that, but there's probably some things I'm just not thinking of. But I don't think you should start without just a, a vision of what, what are you doing? What do you want to do here and stuff like that? But missions is kind of different. I'm not saying you should start without vision, but it's hard in that case mm-hmm. because you come to work with people you don't know. And so it is a bit arrogant, too, to come and be like, yeah, I'm going to run the church. And like, yeah. I'm here. I'm here to rule and reign. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a very weird thing. Yeah, you know? exactly that. Because it was a case of because um, normally the way Latin Link work, my organization uh, that I've, I, I work with um, is if you're doing a short term placement like I am, uh, you go to a city where there are other Latin Link members. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you kind of like integrate with them. They show you the ropes, they help you settle. Um, like they can give you a little bit more background to the area and things like that. Obviously I came when the two Latin link missionaries had just left. Um, so it was kind of like a, they left and I arrived situation. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was even more uh, different because it doesn't tend to happen yeah. in the organization. So even then it was like, a, okay, you're now I am definitely going to a city where I know no one. Mm. Um, and so yeah, to, to try and know what's going on in a city where you don't know anyone. Um, yeah, like you said, you don't want to just walk in and be like, hey, this is what I want to do. You guys, you know, this is, you know, yeah. help me or stay out my way kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. don't want to just walk in with that kind of attitude yeah. either. Because <laughs> then, you, then you're on an island. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, straight away. <laughs> I think that sometimes we feel that um, the more elaborate our vision and our mission is, the better. But but in the beginning phases, when, when you first decide to become a missionary, like a simplicity, I think, would be the key to... I don't want to say the safest bet, but um, it's effective. Simplicity. I'm going to serve a church here in this area to uh, underprivileged children in a football program. Mm. That's specific, but it's not elaborate. You know, Um, it's very pointed. It's people don't people automatically know what you're going to do. And then you can just add. And because we're part of a local church, um, we're going to see, you know, where other areas I can serve in and, and what develops after that. But. But it's, it's, it is hard, though, because it's even hard to say that because he could come and we could just be like, oh, that's true. He can sit back there. It and could so, be like, like uh, so he came thinking he's going to be involved. And then we're just like, no, we don't. Or for whatever reason, if, you know, we could be jerks about it. Like, we don't want more missionaries involved. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. We want Bolivians to be involved only. Or, you know, that stuff exists and happens a lot. So <laughs> it's hard to. Because you don't want to undersell yourself, but you don't want to oversell yourself either. And then it looks like you're doing nothing because you mm-hmm. said, even if you didn't say you're going to be doing a lot, you said, yeah, I'm going to see, you know, we're going to see where we fit in the church and where I can help out. And they come and be like, oh, we don't want you to help out the church. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. people are like, hey, how's it going out helping out the church? Oh, yeah, I'm not helping out the church. So, it's, um, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, what are you doing? You know, because I remember we were in this place where it was a little bit frustrating because we, we felt like we wanted to share this, but we didn't. We were it was a lot of uncertainty about whether this would happen or not. Um or if it did happen, will it work out? And so you don't want to appear to, to supporters and to your churches like you are unstable or, or kind of iffy, like you can't commit to something, you know. But, but a lot of what you do on missions is, you, is when, you, when you get to know your, your culture, your community, and you try to meet a need, it's, it's just that. You're figuring it out, right? Like, like in a relationship, you're figuring out what works best and how to, to grow together. Uh, I think that's how it is in, in missions when you serve in, in a specific community, you know. You, you're, you're kind of getting your feet wet trying to figure out 
what gifts you have that you can give to the community and how God can use you there. So you try a reading program, you'll try an English program, yeah. you'll try this, but then one day something is going to stick, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's what you run with, you know? Yeah. Is but, it, you, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you a question, so go ahead. Oh, no, my, my thing was just going to, I was just thinking about, you know, when Jesus called a lot of the disciples and they were um, fishing and he told them to cast their nets, like the only thing, uh, to my knowledge, that he told them was that, come follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So they knew one thing is that, there two things, they're going to follow Jesus and he was going to make them fishers of men. So that was a very, very simple mission you know yeah, you didn't say mission. exactly where this is going to end up yeah. but they, it was enough to have you they, know they, they knew they're going to learn i mean they knew that he was a you know a teacher or whatever you and like so they knew they're going to learn some stuff but they had no idea what mm-hmm. they were signing up for and yeah i think that's a good example though as i think because i think sometimes if god were to reveal to us in the beginning <clears throat> where we're going to end up then we probably wouldn't do it i wouldn't i wouldn't have had I mean, I'm happy now, but in the beginning, had I known that things would end up in the way that they are now, I would have, back then, I would have looked and be like, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what, it's just, you don't, what you can't plan for is the transformation that God is going to do in you because you don't know exactly what that, you think you're good. That's why you're going on missions. Is you like, I'm, oh, I'm good. I'm mature. Not perfect, but we all, well, no one's perfect. We say that all the time. Mm-hmm. But you think like, oh, I'm not. And then like, you're just here and you're allowing God to work in you and all this stuff starts coming out and you're, it's not always just bad stuff, but you're just, your, your perspective on life is completely changing yeah. like constantly the whole time. And especially if you're involved with people and you're around people and you're dealing with issues and you have issues with natives and then you have, you know what I mean? Issues of the missionary, whatever you're constantly, your viewpoint is being changed and you change completely. Like I'm sure you, in a year and a half, I'm sure your whole perspective on a lot of things has completely changed. Yeah. Like just about things that you didn't even, wasn't even a question before. It's just, it just changes. And so through the, pro- and I'm not saying only through missions, I'm just you talking about missions just so people don't think that we think missionaries are higher up, but just in the process of being, going into missions, I think is the first step, but then the process of becoming, I don't know what to say missionary, but become just in the process of serving Jesus and really trying to reach people for him. Like, you're changed a lot and it starts changing your, and it changes what your desires and expectations are, mm-hmm. changes your methods and your, mm-hmm. your perspectives and the lens that you see the world through. And so he, he's transforming you. And so uh, obviously vision is very important, but it's also like, it's just a tricky thing. Cause it's like, okay, well you have no idea what you're going to be doing five years from now. You may, you mm-hmm. may be in the same place. It's not what I'm talking about where you're going to be, but what you're going to be doing. Oh, I came here to, you know, to start. Yeah. Like you said, a children's outreach. Well, you could end up like planting, a, being a church planner or, yeah. a, you know what I mean? Or a worship leader or something like yeah. something or, I don't know, doing some type of community rehab center for reformed prisoners or, you know, a halfway house or something like that. And it, that, that's the way it works. And it, it looks unstable from the outside looking in, but I think it comes through the process of us being like just transformed mm-hmm. as we've made ourselves available. And, and what we thought was complete surrender. We took the step of surrendering to Jesus of salvation and then we take a step of surrendering our wants in life and in, in life and our you know building our american dream as we would call it i don't know if you call it the english dream but you like you kind of like say okay well we're going to give that up and that's another kind of another step of surrender in that area and then you kind of go on and you think oh yeah well i've i've, I've given up my life to come here and Jesus is like, no, that's not that's not really a lot of what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to continue, like, kind of mm-hmm. m- more pushing you and conforming you to give up and pruning you 
Here's the thing. Yeah. I was reading the scripture of I'm the van, vine, you're the van. I'm the van. Jesus has a bunch of people. <laughs> like I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he's talking about uh, the ones that don't bear fruit, he cuts off. But the ones that do bear fruit, he still prunes them. Mm. It's not that, so bearing fruit does not make you safe. He still prunes them so that they'll bear more fruit. That's good. And it's a very painful, so you're still going to get, you know what I mean? He's still going to put you through some stuff so that you can bear even more fruit. And I think for us, we get here and we're like, oh, I bear fruit. And then, then we get into this process and we start to become pruned. And it's like, oh, what, what's going on? You know what I mean? But then you change. and you, But at the end of it all, you bear more fruit. And that's what James 1, 2 through 4 and Romans 5, 3 through 5 is all about. First Peter, something, something. It's all about that. It's talking about whenever trouble comes your way, count it all joy mm-hmm. because you're building your dirt. But it's talking about so you can bear more fruit. And it's talking about the pruning process or whatever. Yeah. So I think in this, that's what we, um, we deal with that a lot. As you come in, like I said, you take these steps and you're sacrificing whatever. But he's, just call, he's pulling you more and more to sacrifice. And it's that process of sanctification, transformation or whatever. And it's bringing you, you know, more and more to this image. Then you look up and five years have passed. And you think back, like, man, remember five years ago when I wanted to, you know, do a kid's feeding program, which is nothing. That's a great thing. But how did I get so far away from this? It's because, you know, you, he's just renewed your mind and transformed you and conformed you to his. But he needs you, needs you to take that first step. And I think mm-hmm. taking the first step is a big, you know, obviously it's a big thing and everything. But you, you don't realize what you're stepping into. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. going back to what I was saying originally is I think if he reveals it all to us, we would never take that first step. Because you're like, I love football. Mm. I love it. And then he's like, God's like, well, I really want you to give guitar lessons in the long term. You're like, oh, no, I'm not going there. Like, you know what I mean? I don't play the guitar. What is that? You know, but somehow through the process, like he molds you and shapes you to be a guitarist. And now you love the guitar, something that you never would have signed up for. You never would have signed up for with reason. And so it's not that he tricks us. It's just that we're he knows everything and we don't know everything. And so we think we know. And he's like, oh, OK, if that's the reason. OK, go on. It's not even like he speaks to us or pulls us, but we just go on that thing and mm. he has his whole plan and we have our whole plan and it doesn't always line up with him. And so mm. we surrender, then it does line up. And every single time we're, we're, we're the, all the better for it. Like, yeah. the, dare I say, maybe not happier. That's, I don't like that word, but jo- more joyful. You're mm. in joy and peace because you're living in his plan. You know, not just I'm living in his plan. It's some spiritual idea, but you know it by the, by the way that you live your life and stuff like that. So I don't know. Anyway, so... When you came, when you first came to Bolivia, what did you, did you have a vision like when we first came here? When we first came, I knew that we were going to be helping out um, at an orphanage. And so I just thought and was okay with at the time that one day we would have an orphanage or, or continue to work at the orphanage, whatever. I just knew it was going to be orphan care. I was sure of that. Um, and then we... And then I got pregnant, and then I wasn't going to the orphanage anymore, and then we adopted Jolie, and then we had two kids and couldn't go to the orphanage anymore for a while at least. Um, and because we, we would take them for visits or whatever, you know, and the kids loved the girls. They're just babies, though. Yeah, they were just so little. More hassle to take them, like, over the, <laughs> you just watch them at the orphanage or I can watch them at the house. Which yeah. one is it? Um, and so af- after that, you know, things just uh, – changed with their ministry there and and in our roles and so that was just the end of it. I, I knew during my time serving at the orphanage that I didn't want this I saw all the legalities of it I saw all of the issues with the staff um, things that I wasn't prepared to take on nor did I have the resources to to 
to do it at the time or in the near future. And so things just changed really quickly and became very clear to me that an orphanage work wasn't what we were going to do. But um, but I wasn't sure what what it was that we were going to do for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So then so at what point did you feel like vision came in and been like, okay, this is where we need to have vision. We need to kind of start planning and thinking. It's probably a different answer for you and for me. Because for me, it was like when we started getting like, cause for we, so our first three years were internship. And so, but after the first year and a half, we kind of were allowed to be more involved. We were involved in ministry, but we were allowed to like step into leadership positions or more or less and lead things. So for me, it was like, when I took, like, I became the youth pastor at our church. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, before then, I'm just, I'm just a vision per- person. Yeah. Like, I'm all, my mind is always wondering and stuff anyways. And, like, Simon's some, laughing. But, like, it, it, so I'm always thinking, you know what I mean? I'm just always, like, have an idea. Always. Yeah. And I used to have this book. It's, I was just going to say that to those of you who don't know Vermont. He has lots of different books where he would write his, his ideas down, his vision, things he would love to do. Even crazy things that he doesn't know he would ever get to do. We will write it down anyway. And yeah. and then years later, like, look, we're doing this crazy thing I never thought we were going to get yeah. to do. Yeah, that's what you made me do. In like, we, you made me. <laughs> I didn't make you do it. <laughs> <Sorry> <laughs> grab this piece. You made me. Uh, write it. <laughs> write it. <laughs> I'll, re- I'll rephrase it. <laughs> that's what we did. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. first first week that I was here, we went we went to the office. Oh, yeah. It was like, well, so what's your vision for be here? Do you have a vision? Let's work out a vision. Um, and we walked through all of that. Um, like short-term vision, long-term vision, you know, things I like never really thought. Was that before. hard for you? Yeah, because I hadn't really thought of it. Mm-hmm. But just, it, yeah, it's not just, even about what you say in the moment. It's yeah. just about thinking that Yeah, direction. just opening up your mind to, mm-hmm. you know, possibilities that, that could come about. Um, you know, and you, we were both, well, he was, he explained to me very much like, okay, what you might put down now might not happen mm-hmm. till 10 years mm-hmm. time. And you might go a completely different route to get there than you think that you're going to go. Um, because we were, very community centered mm-hmm. like that was very driven like that that was what I, that was my vision that's what i thought oh maybe this is something i want to do long term um children's pastor wasn't on that list yeah. uh, <laughs> of things uh, of things yeah. going in but um you know and yeah we go we've gone through all these process and things and we're not i mean we may be a few steps closer to a community center mm-hmm. um but the things I've learned along the way, this is like the different route that I've had to take to yeah. get to where we are now. It's a hundred percent benefited me for if yeah. in five years time, we do are open to able, mm. are able to open a community center. The route that God has taken us on, taken me on yeah. over this time is, you know, a hundred percent equipped me better mm-hmm. uh, for a community center. Yeah. So. No, you're a thousand percent right. Like I still, that's my, still my dream to do community center stuff, but it's like, initially we weren't as involved with the church and we didn't even know what they're going to look like. So it was, point a to point b Mm. we're at point a we need to go to point b community center well community center has not the priority is not it's still necessity Mm. even the more time i spend here the more i learn and think and spend time and just whatever talking to people community just looking even Mm. observing the more i realize the necessity for it and it's like but the idea is maturing as well so initially i think had we been able to do it like that it would be like, oh man, like you, you, then yeah. you go noticing more needs and stuff. So the idea is mature. So every week, like there's a different idea, not of just expansion, but like mm-hmm. a, you see a different angle of a need that, that would meet. And so now instead of going from point A to point B, it's like you're going community center is now point D. And so you go A, B, C, you know what I mean? It just goes yeah. all the way around or whatever. And so it's still, it's still there when it get there. But, and, and you're right though. And so it's frustrating at first when you realize that yeah. 
you're not just going to be a quick trip mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever to get there. But yeah. th- that that journey and process, it's man, you, you grow so much in that. Mm-hmm. And it, you can't have vision for that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like you can't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to because the lo- most logical and correct way to do it is point A to B. You don't say we even talk, you know, like we look down on that as a society when people can't just go. They take, you know, 16 years off of work and do whatever mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And like, so it's like, oh, why don't you just get to the point, you know, whatever. But when when it happens like God's way, then it's a really productive thing or whatever. And you just learn, like you said, you've learned so much about yourself, about about God, about the community and just your relationships grow deeper. And it just becomes way more beneficial. And um, so I don't know, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's just a very interesting thing in, in, in that perspective of like, because, yeah, you come with your, your vision and you're ready. And like we said, we talked about it and um, we still talk about it, you know, and uh, but it when what once was this a straight line now is just an absolute pretzel <laughs> of, a, you know, it's like 68 pretzels, yeah. you know what I mean? Like side by side and like. But that's probably usually the case with anybody that's doing uh, long term, long term missions. You don't have the luxury of doing that when you're doing short term missions you just need to have your have your vision have your mission have your schedule your agenda and execute you know because that is going to determine your quote-unquote success of the trip that's true Uh, but but long term it's hard to do because you can't predict you can't predict the the family moments the suffering you know the losses and um, the challenges that come along the way that require you to change uh, change things along the way so yeah that's true that's very true I think so I think I mean I, I know vision is important, but I also know that it's not so like I know that I'm a I'm a imaginary per- like, you know, what I mean, I, like I'm always imagining dreaming and stuff. And like she was saying, like I don't even show you all half of the stuff I write down in the books because you're going to think, you. <laughs> no, think I'm an idiot. I don't know if it's going to overwhelm you. You're just going to think I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you'd be I think you'd be underwhelmed probably. <laughs> and not with Good the idea, money. but with me like, oh, this guy is a freaking idiot. Like, get me out of here, you know? And so, no. Uh, no, it's just it's just stuff that like I don't know. Anyways, I just I keep a lot of this stuff like just private or whatever. Not because like it's not about excluding people. It's just that I I, re- I completely realize how absurd some of the stuff that like I said. However, like how like I don't know. You, so I know that doesn't that doesn't come natural to everybody. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, and so I think some people are completely fine with just like oh the show up there, and I think that's super necessary as well because yeah. I've had to learn. Just like some people have to learn that to, to dream and have vision, I think some people have to learn to shut up and submit. Yeah. And like I had to learn that mm-hmm. in the beginning because I am such a, just a natural daydreamer and whatever. And as a kid, that's distracting. But as an adult, like my daydreams aren't like, I wonder how fast that car goes. Like it's that's not my daydream. It's like my it's always like not always, but usually about like something about ministry, whatever, accomplishing something or mm-hmm. what something. And so, like, it's it's a beneficial tool. However, you have to learn to sit on that and submit and serve other people and stuff in certain times mm-hmm. when, and, until the time is right. And so I think it goes both ways. Some people are super comfortable with serving under other people, which we should be. Yeah. But then um, but then there comes a time for those people to step up and lead. And that's an uncomfortable thing because they have their vision. But then there's some people, a lot of people that are comfortable leading or having vision or whatever. Um, but they're not comfortable, you know what I mean, submitting or, or submitting to leadership or following or serve, just serving in that. Mm-hmm. And I think need to have a very um, healthy balance of, of both of those, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think coming, at least for initially, come, uh, long-term missions, you won't survive without vision. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, 
just like in life, if you can't see where you're going or you don't have any assistance to help you see yeah. where you're going, you know, you're not, you're not going to live long. You're not going to live long. And so it's the same thing with missions. You have to have in, in the long term. But coming in the beginning, it's, it's hard to have because you, don't, you have no idea what to expect or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of our, our vision and mission and stuff like that has to do with when we first come on missions, it has to do with other people. So we're looking at, okay, what can I do for this community? And we're Googling the stats about the community yeah. and stuff, which is good. You need to learn as much as you can. And we're trying to figure out, okay, well, what's, what do they do at the church? And you're trying to figure out how you can help the church. But I think maybe, and I'm just talking in the moment, so this is not a well-thought-out thing, but maybe like when we're starting ministry and stuff like that, maybe the, our vision should be for us. It's like, okay, well, what do I want God to do inside of me? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to grow? Where do I want to invest in myself, right? Because you have a lot more time in the beginning when you start and you're working under somebody. And, okay, how can I take advantage? So what is my vision? What do I want to become? So, yeah, what do I want God to do in me? But also, what do I, what goals do I have to be able to, okay, let's say you come here and you're like, man, even before you come, I would really like to start a soccer school. And you write before, is there a soccer school or academy, soccer academy, football academy, sorry, um, in, in Trinidad? No, there's not anywhere near, blah, blah, blah. So you get that in your mind. And you don't know what that looks like yet because you haven't been here. But then you come here and you're doing, let's say you're doing – uh, vacation Bible school or something, you know, I don't know, just for something. And so you're doing that and you can do that faithfully and learn to serve. But while all the time, what do you need to do to learn about soccer, a football academy, developing a football academy in private and your time? And like, what, how do you, so you can use that time to develop your vision. And so I think in the first, like the first step is like, okay, what are my expectations to be done in me? What areas do I need to change in? Do I need to grow in? What is my, the vision for my life, my personal life? Like, what do I, um, there's a lot of things that go on that. It's like submitting to people in the, in the, in the local culture. Yeah. That's because that's an issue that we all have. We're all from Western big booming cultures and societies. And so it's, you know, we have supremacy issues. Absolutely have it. And we talked about this before, but, um, so this, those different things like, of okay, submitting to my Bolivian brothers in, in Christ, finding some people, joining the church, being this, uh, member growing in my, in my relationship with Jesus, obviously, but like, Okay, what ha- bad habits do I have that need to be conformed more to his image? You know, what, what things do I have that need to be lopped off and whatever? So, okay, so the vision for me, so what do I want? What do I expect God to do in me through, through missions? And those are, I'm just, I'm using very like personal things that can be done anywhere, but I'm just using examples. And so in the grand scheme of it, what do I expect God to do in me for this, for this next six months or year, whatever it is? And like, and not in a selfish way, but like, God, I want you to transform me so that I can be effective, you know, mm-hmm. so that I can be, and just, um, I, I think maybe that's the vision we start with, because I think from that, if we come with that heart, a humble heart and a heart that's really seeking God, and mm-hmm. we come and we serve the people here, then it humbles us in our service to people. And when we're humbled in our service, we build stronger relationships. Yeah. We see real needs. We hear about real needs because people feel comfortable talking to us. And from that type of stuff, and we develop passion for the people. Not just for stuff for the people, but for the actual people, the faces, the names, the Juan Gabriels, the Jose's, the, you know, Abel's, the whoever's. And so develop a passion for the people. And so when you have that, now you can take your football academy and it gives it so much more depth and purpose. Now, you didn't have to throw it away, but it gives it so much more depth and purpose because you've combined it with. So yeah, you can have an idea, but it's not a full planned out vision. But I think first the vision is like, OK, well, like. God transform me in any way. Maybe we don't see it, but anyway, I need to be transformed. Mm-hmm. I, what, what is your vision for now? You know, I want God to do a mighty work in me in the way that I see, you know, people. I want to see people as image bearers of Christ or, or as image bearers of God and as likeness and image, whatever. Um, 
whatever like that. And then from that, I think just having that base, then you can develop your own vision. Uh, it's not your own anyway, but you know what I mean? Like develop a vision of, of something that you want to do. Yeah, I think that approach actually would lend to uh, missionaries longevity on the field too, because a lot of us get discouraged in our first year because we come with high expectations. We feel like we haven't gotten the language down. We don't have the culture. We can't even make friends very well because we can't speak the language. I miss my family. It's Christmas time and I'm alone. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's the wrong me focus. You know, you're, you're saying like focus more inward, like, Lord, what, what work can you do in me? Um, but we do the other me focus, like, oh, me, me, me. <laughs> I'm not comfortable. Um, and so that, that approach, that perspective actually will benefit anybody who wants a uh, longer, I, was, I hate saying career missionary, but a longer um, span of time serving on the mission field as well. Yeah, because I think if you come and you say, I'm here to help, I'm here to lead or whatever that case may be. If that doesn't work out, then you feel like a failure mm. and you're like, man, what? And you start that self-talk, right? Like the inner voice or whatever you want to call it. Like, why am I even here? Yeah. And you calling your friends and they're all having a good time hanging out without you. And you're like, you're just looking the whole, you know what I mean? The whole time you're looking like, oh, dude, life's going on without me. And now you feel like you're missing something because you feel like you're not effective here. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're here to be effective, but you're also here to be affected. And so understanding the order of that. And so, you know what I mean? But when you when you have that approach of like, okay, I'm going to be not Bolivian because that's not going to happen. But like, I'm going to be one of the people. I'm going to be family. I'm going to embrace. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to, you know, study, submit and prepare myself for whatever it is to come that I want to do or that I or like you said, try new stuff too, like taking advantage of that time. Then you're, you're building something, you know, you're building something and that, that God will use long term. And again, everybody doesn't have to be here long term, but it doesn't really matter how long you're here. It's, mm-hmm. You want it to be effective time. I think you still have to put the, mm-hmm. the, the, the effort and the submission work, dare I say, or the surrender work or whatever you want to call it, of leaving yourself open and vulnerable for God to do a mighty work in you in any way that he sees fit, whether it's through a cat walking down the street or through a drug addict neighbor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Allowing God to really uh, break some of the hard, spot, hard spots in your heart. This doesn't make sense, but hard you know what I'm talking about. Places where your heart is hardened. Ha. Mm-hmm. It's the biblical way to say it. And like some different things where you've become callous to or whatever. And just, you know, allowing God to break through that in any way, shape or form. And from that, I think ministry is born. You know, I think vision on that, on a, on a for everybody else level is born. Not just for, you know, obviously for me mm-hmm. too. But it, it's hard to have a vision for other people if you don't have a vision for yourself. And hard reads impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can put all these expectations on everyone else, but you haven't put any expectations on you. Mm-hmm. And I think beginning out, because it doesn't matter, you don't have to know anything about Trinidad to say, God, I want you to work in me. I want you to humble me in, in the areas I need to be humbled. I want you to encourage me. I want to, you know, I want to be uplifted. I want to learn to love people. But, you know, um, and it could be the worst place ever. But if you have that mentality, you're going to grow a lot, mm-hmm. even through the worst situation, you know, because Jesus tells us to love our enemies for a reason. That's what the Good Samaritan's about. It's about who's your neighbor, your enemy, your worst enemy. So if you are the most left-wing person in the United States, Donald Trump is your neighbor. If you are the most right-wing person in the Barack Obama or, you know, the people that you quote-unquote hate, those are your neighbor. And those are the people that, that's the point of the Good Samaritan story. It's not just a cute story about somebody helping someone. But those, I was talking to a friend about this last night. But that's your, those, those are your neighbor. And so just revealing that to us and allowing us to. So if we can grow through uh, loving our enemies, then it doesn't really matter what happens here. 
because God, we know that God can and will use it to grow us. And so when you have that perspective, but when you, I think you put unrealistic expectations on what something that you don't even know where you're getting into, mm-hmm. you're just setting yourself up for letdown. And yeah. it doesn't mean don't have expectations, but yeah. it, you know, just definitely having the priority of your expectations, you know, yeah. or prioritizing them. I think as well, sometimes, sometimes visions just don't work in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like on paper, they can seem like perfect, like all of, all of this matches up, all of this works out well. Um, and then reality of it, it just doesn't doesn't go how you how you thought it might go. Uh, it doesn't work. Um, I can think back uh, to my, my time in Potosi uh, a few years back now. On paper, that was the perfect placement for me. I was only there for, you know, I was only going to be there for five weeks. It was kind of like a testing period. Yeah. Um, but everything on paper, I looked at it and thought, yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. That's great. And I was, you know, I was really excited to go. I go there and I just didn't click with the city at yeah. all. Just the culture, the climate, the city, uh, the working environment just wasn't me at all. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that can be discouraging. That can be difficult because you're there like, man, I really thought this was, yeah, this looked perfect. It sounded perfect. And now I'm here and it, it's not lining up. It's not working. Um, and you go back and you try and be positive about your time there and you go, oh yeah, I learned this and I grew in this. And because like you said, God does do things mm-hmm. through those, through those really difficult times and periods and whatnot. But, um, it was having the sl- simplicity of knowing that God was calling me to Bolivia, that when I came back from Port to Sea, it was very much like, okay, Port to Sea wasn't right, but I still feel Bolivia is right. So where, where to next? And I think if I would have had like a more specific vision, this is what I want to do. I want to do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. I go to Port to Sea. It didn't work. I think I would have then just given up and mm-hmm. be like, okay, that didn't work. You know, that vision wasn't for me. I got that one wrong. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have come back, but it was just the sheer having that vision. No, God does want me. In yeah. Bolivia, mm-hmm. um, and I had another offer I had to go to Sucre, do work in Sucre, um, working with university students, mm. and I was like, "Well, uh, I know." And this this offer came through first before the Trinidad one. Yeah, um, I didn't know this. This is new to me. Yeah, so it was a, the Sucre. I got an email coming through say, "Hey, there's an opportunity for you in Sucre. Uh, you'll be working with um, university students. Your mentor will be a guy uh, called Johnny, who I'd met met in Potosi. Mm-hmm. So he came to Potosi to do like a week's." Worth for teaching so mm-hmm. i met him there really really nice guy we got on really really well so this email came through i was like oh sucre sounds nice oh i know this guy that could work out really well but it's working with university students and i do not click with university <laughs> students they scare the life out of me <laughs> like, i just find them really intimidating yes. i was like no this is like i was like man i know bolivia's right but again that one that one doesn't seem yeah. doesn't seem right um and then the option to go back to potosi was still there but i was like ah, i'm just gonna hold off gonna hold off for a little bit longer uh, see what happens because it was like creeping up to this yeah. must have been like november december time and i was due to leave in february yeah yeah and so it was like i'm still holding out for a placement two months before i leave um and then the email from trinidad comes through no one was really expecting like i think the like the email came through hey i don't know if he's interested uh but we'll just send this out see yeah. what happens. <laughs> they, <laughs> they thought, they thought yeah. you were gonna say no yeah, yeah. But, like craig was Craig was like really like paying attention to the whole thing. And he was like, Craig is the missionary that was here before that mm. for people listening. But he was like, he had mentioned it to me because, you know, their situation was different at the time or whatever. And so he had mentioned it to me like, hey, what do you think? I was like, yeah, I think it's, you know, he's like, I think it'd be a good place for him. And like, so he's kind of the one that saw it and he kind of pushed it. Yeah. Because I think everybody was like, ah, Trinidad, you know, he does it. And like, so he kind of pushed it. And I think he was the one in contact with, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so he was like kind of pushing it and whatever. And then he came back to me like, I don't know if you're surprised or excited, but he was like, yeah, he's interested in coming. Like, 
Because, you know, we know how it is, like how hard it is to get people to come to Trinidad and stuff. So, well, so what was it about Trinidad that made you say, yeah, because Sucre is a nice place? Yeah. It, um, the, the, the biggest downfall with, with Sucre was working with the university mm. students. I, yeah. was, I knew for certainty that wasn't me. That wasn't the vision that I had. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't my work in. I had no experience. Like I said, university students intimidated me. I was only just finished university myself, so mm. I just felt like I'm not equipped to Peers. work with university. Yeah. Like people my age, I was like, ah, you know, it's just, I don't, don't feel ready to do that. Um, so held out, um, and yeah, Trinidad comes in, and it was working with a church. I was like, oh, that sounds good. Working with a football school, oh, I like football, so that could work. Mm. Um, and I did, you know, I did a bit of research, um, you know, Google. And my granddad researched it. Uh, not the one who came, my other granddad. He was like, ah. Oh, but um, he, he, he phoned me saying, uh, Simon, on a TripAdvisor, it describes Trinidad as a place that you just pass through. <laughs> 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 you don't want to stop there. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, uh, I spoke to my other granddad, um, who, who was a missionary himself in Bolivia, and he was like, oh, no, I think you're like Trinidad. You know, there's excitement there. It's an exciting place. Uh, no, I think that'd be good. Um, so I just thought, yeah, why not? Uh, go for it. Climate looked great. Yeah, warm weather. I was like, oh, that could work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was yeah. It, I mean, it was it was just the it was the simplicity the vision of knowing God wanted me in Bolivia, but mm-hmm. every other city, Potosi wasn't right, Sucre mm-hmm. wasn't right, Santa Cruz wasn't right, yeah. Cochabamba wasn't right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trinidad comes up, and I was like, okay, you know, yeah. that one sounds positive. Yeah. Sometimes so. you don't know what you want until options are available to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right? Like I don't know what I want, but I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, we do that with a lot of stuff. Like, where do you want to go eat? Uh, I don't know. You pick. All right, let's go to McDonald's. I don't want no. McDonald's. <laughs> like, what? Well, well, then you pick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you can say no to stuff you didn't know, but then you say, you know, Chick Fil A, whatever. Oh yeah, that's it. That's what you want. You're right. You don't think about it until you hear the right option. So it's very interesting the way it works, and even more interesting the way that God works through our situations, knowing mm-hmm. our like in. What are you? I don't know the word. I'm trying to. Our level of our depth of incapableness. What is the word that we use for that? Um, for being incapable. Yeah, incapacity. <laughs> I don't know incapacity the word. is a word. No, yeah. I, yeah, but that's not. It doesn't no. fit there. Anyways, like, that yeah. is a word though. Yeah, no, it <laughs> is. Uh, Confidently. Yeah, no, because then it makes me sound <laughs> dumb. Uh, which I'm not helping myself because I don't remember the word anyway. But yeah, just I don't know. Just seeing how God works through the whole thing and stuff. And I don't know. Vision is super important now, and this is what all we talk about. Is I mean. And casting vision at this point is super, super important for us now. We're always doing, I mean, you do it with the children's church leaders, but also with the, and the church, you know, we're all, we have to be on the same page as far as um, the, our vision for the church and reaching mm-hmm. the community and stuff like that. So we're constantly, constantly mm-hmm. casting vision and challenging people. But in the beginning, like, I don't know, I just think having an attitude of surrender is probably the right mm-hmm. attitude. And you can have ideas and stuff, but, uh, you know, not a crystal clear vision because you just don't know. You don't, you have no idea you know what to expect so so yeah for me the answer uh, no, go ahead. no i was just gonna say my answer would be i guess my final answer would be yes vision is very the, of utmost importance but you have to mm-hmm. define what vision is vision for who vision for what vision for where vision for when and i think you cannot exclude yourself from that obviously and definitely you should be um in the beginning vision for me transform me so that i can transform we said that sunday you know transformed lives transform lives mm-hmm. And, oh, but I'm already a believer. Yeah, but he's still working and transforming you. And so, so yeah, super important, but yeah. Yeah, I think also to that, that would um, just encourage, (laughs) 
encourage you not to get tired and, and it kind of gives you like a measuring stick um, because some people will just say, well, if my vision is going to change, why even write one, right? Why even mm-hmm. have one, you know, mm-hmm. and just throw themselves into something and just like being going wherever the wind blows and, and that is not <laughs> effective at all. You end up doing either everything ineffectively, ineffectively, yeah, ineffectively. ineffectively or doing nothing effectively <laughs> so so doing everything ineffectively yeah <laughs> exactly uh so i mean i agree that vision is is extremely important um and in the beginning at least just a vision for your life at mm. least very minimal um so that you are are aware at least of what direction you're going in it just in general and and then allow allow the specifics to happen along the way. I don't know. Some people have success with the building the water wells, you know, mm-hmm. or, or when they want to do uh, one specific, we're going to go and build a clinic. They, yeah. they do it, you Absolutely. know, and that's necessary. Um, and, and I don't know what the difference there is. Like why having a very, like people tell you to do this business plan for ministry, five year, what's yeah. your five year business plan? And so you have all of these details worked out for one year, five year, 10 year. It, what's worth mentioning is that, and in the context of this, we should have mentioned at the beginning, is that, I mean, our we're just indefinite missionaries. We just live here. Yeah. Like, we're, we have Bolivian nationality, and, and so, like, I mean, we just we just live here. That's what it is. How long are you going to be there? I don't know. Like, we just live here. We don't have any plans to go home in a year, two years, or even ten years. Mm-hmm. We can't, now, could we go home? And t- yeah, absolutely. Anything can happen. But we don't have, and so I think a lot of people that do, like, projects, they are, I'm going for a year, I'm going for three years, I'm going, so... And it's a little different because the research has been done. You know that people don't have. So it would be foolish to say we're going to do, do a, a well-building pro- well project and you go and people have like all these bottled water places. Like, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Why are you building another well? We don't need that. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So they still do the investigation, but it's a project and it's for people, but it's not with people, you know what I mean, more or less yeah. in, in that sense, and um, which, again, it's necessary, but I think that's the difference in perspective. And so I think with that, yeah, it's, it's way easier to have the vision before you go. Because it's less variables. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, I mean, it's a necessity. It need, it's a need that needs to be met. A, it's a, it's a human, it should be a human right to have access mm-hmm. to clean water. Instead of time frame so, also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's, it's a very like A-B thing. And the way we don't see, we don't view life from that perspective, not because it's wrong, but just because we, we live here and we do, you know, more like discipleship and stuff, ministry. And so it's, it's a lot harder, you know what I mean, when you're depending on people and stuff like that to come in and be like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, oh, we are? Like, you know what I mean? You don't even know us. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's a different thing. Instead of, hey, I'm going to come and provide this thing for you. People would be foolish to say, oh, we don't have any clean water, but don't build a well. We don't want to, you know what I mean? So yeah. it just makes it, it's just a, sh- a short-term, like, it's a short-term goal, mm-hmm. an absolute necessity, but the short-term goals, and then there's long- long-term, like, living or whatever. Yeah. And so I think, makes sense. I think in, in that sense, yeah, definitely, you can go in with a vision and know exactly what you want to do and accomplish, but, yeah. All right. I thought Simon was going to add something. I did too. I did too. And then I saw him like doing his head shake. So I was like, oh, yeah. So longer head shake means, no, I'm not going to say anything. So this week, watch uh, Mona Lisa smile. Don't. And you will hate me forever. And um, yeah, don't do that. Don't take movie suggestions from Melinda. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel (laughs) Lifetime Network on your TV. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You got anything else? No. Same things every every week. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll 
I just looked at the camera for some reason. <laughs> I typically don't look at it, but it was like it was a person. Anyways, uh, yeah, well, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy today's episode. And, um, yeah, no, we appreciate your support, your love, and your prayer for us. And we're praying for you. And, yeah, thanks. Have a good week. Provecho.